college basketball tournaments are back, and so are brackets. Get comfy on your couch, turn off that Zoom camera, and sign up for your men's and women's USA Today sports bracket. Register at brackets.usatoday.com. Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is the Steelers Wire podcast powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary and Steelers Wire editor, Kurt Popejoy. Dan Graziano, we start with you. Explain some of the details of this pay cut for Ben and exactly what it means. They they reached a point where he said he wanted to be back. They said they wanted him back, so they spent the last week or so working on how. He was supposed to make $19 million this year. That number goes down to $14 million. And what they do is they they take almost all of that, convert it to a signing bonus, and then they add four fake years on the end of the contract starting next year so they can spread the signing bonus out for cap purposes. End result, the, the cap number that was going to be right around $41 million for Ben Roethlisberger goes down to right around $26 million, so they save $15 million on this year's cap. They're going to have a cap charge for next year of at least $10 million, uh, but they'll worry about that next year. In the meantime, they needed that room so they could put some pieces, as you mentioned, around Ben Roethlisberger. A lot of free agents, a lot of big decisions still to make for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So there's Dan Graziano on NFL Live, Kurt, talking about Ben Roethlisberger's restructured deal. And and we talked about it last week. We knew this was coming. You actually said, look, he's going to have to actually take a pay cut here. He's got to leave some money on the table to, to get this thing done. And that's how it turned out. Now, we hear a lot about guys restructuring their contracts, and it really isn't a pay cut. They just get a you know a signing bonus, and, and they get all their money. They just get it in a different way. But for Big Ben, he does take a $5 million pay cut. He goes from $19 million to $14 million, and as Graziano was saying, most of that $14 million is going to come in a signing bonus. I think it's north of like $12 million that he'll receive up front. Uh, as you wrote, he's, he's earned like $253 million from the Steelers, so we probably shouldn't pout too much, Kurt, about uh, Ben giving away some money here, but... What do you think about the restructured deal and what it means for the Steelers as they try to piece this team together for 2021? You know, I think I think it was the best of both worlds. I think it it brought Roethlisberger back this year on the lowest um, cap hit possible. You know, had he retired, the cap hit would have been bigger. And right. so for everybody saying that that this was a bad move for the Steelers, the alternative was to, was to cut him or release him or, you know, or have him retire and if they'd have done that, they would have been on the hook for more money and looking at Mason Rudolph being the starting quarterback for 2021. So I think that if there's any downside to this, maybe, you know, you look at it from a talent evaluation standpoint, um, Roethlisberger will play this season. Uh, they don't really know what they have behind him, and they're not going to know until probably the 2022 offseason where I would suspect that he's going to retire. I, I think he's going to give it one more shot. He's going to go into next offseason. You know, the Steelers are going to have massive amounts of salary cap space next year. They're probably going to have to wait to sign T.J. Watt until they have that salary cap space. They could end up tagging him because of it. But I think that this give, gave, gives the Steelers the best chance to be competitive. Not just, not just. I'm not necessarily saying they're Super Bowl champions. Don't, don't get me wrong. I think they have a lot of work to do before we, we even look at them as, as contenders for the AFC North at this point. But I think if you look at it big picture, 
like Ben Roethlisberger hadn't redone his deal, hadn't taken the pay cut. You're looking at the Steelers as a five or six win team next season. Um, and I'm just not sure that that fans and I don't think ownership is prepared for that. You know, Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season as a head coach. I'm not sure that the the franchise was willing to to take that kind of a, a cut in terms of their sort of historical success. The, the question now becomes, what do you do? I mean, there's still, uh, depending on what numbers you look at, every site that calculates salary cap and, and space um, says something a little bit different. Uh, you know, Jeremy Fowler from ESPN said there's still 300,000 in the hole or 297,000 in the hole, I think. But that's without knowing the the what the salary cap's going to be. You Which know, the NFL is yeah. still, we're still, still waiting. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, we're we're ten days away from the start of the start of free agency, and teams still don't know how much money they have. It's unreal. And so, uh, you know, if we assume it's about 185 million, which is what most people are saying, we're looking at them sitting a little over four million under the cap at that point. That's really nothing in terms of free agency. You know, that's going to sign your draft class. Um, but where do they go next? You know, Roethlisberger made a big move here for the team. Are the other guys on the roster that have big salaries going to be next to take some restructures? Cam Hayward already did. You know, it, it, who's going to be the next guy that's going to step up when the Steelers front office approaches them and says, hey, we got Ben back. We want to compete this year. We need you to do this so we can feel the competitive team. Are they going to follow his lead? I, and I'm not saying pay cut wise. I'm just saying, are guys like Joe Hayden and Steven Nelson going to restructure their contracts? Um, is David DeCastro or Vince Williams going to restructure their contracts to, to help this team add some pieces in free agency? There's some really good players in free agency yes. because of the salary cap yeah. that aren't going to command the kind of money you might think. Uh, it, to me, it would be incredibly short-sighted of the team not to try to maximize that potential this year and maybe bring a guy or two in on a contract that maybe the cap number's a little lower this year, but then it balloons up next year. You know, if you believe the the rumors about the Dak Prescott contract being so big, it's because Jerry Jones knows that the 2022 salary cap is going to be huge with this new media deal. I believe it. (laughs) Um, I absolutely do. I mean, why else would you do it? You know, and so I think think if you're the Steelers, you have to look at this kind of the long, you know, the big picture in this and go, okay, Ben's given us a chance to be competitive this year and keep the fan, you know, the fans are going to be back in the seats this year, or at least we hope they are. We're going to put a competitive product on the field. These other players have to recognize that too. And and if we can kind of weather the storm in 2021 and win nine games or 10 games or even 11 games and maybe get a wild card, that's great. 2022 lines up to be a big year for them. If they can, you know, get some of these other guys on board Secure a little extra salary cap space this year. Sign a few of these guys that are just sitting out there. I mean, I'm sure there are guys that have been released this year that under any other circumstances would still be with the team, and if not for the salary cap change. And so there's there's a lot of talent. I, I looked at, like, edge rushers and tight ends, both positions the Steelers need. There's a lot of really good players out there. And I hope the, the move by Roethlisberger kind of is a signal that the Steelers aren't done with this, and they, they really are going to be serious about competing. I, I really do. Now, I've read a lot about the commitment that Big Ben is showing. Do you think, Kurt, that Ben is kind of also working with the team, knowing that, all right, we got a new offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. He's more of a run guy. He's more of a quarterback under center kind of guy. 
And yeah. maybe Big Ben is also kind of playing ball with the team that we know the offense is going to look different. We know that we're going to prioritize running the football. We're going to get that thing figured out next year. And it's not going to be Big Ben with his boy, Randy Feekner, like tossing the football all <laughs> over the place, right? Do you yeah. believe in any yeah. of that? Because I've read a little bit about that Absolutely. thing, and I think that's interesting. Absolutely. I think that I think that he looks at this as a an opportunity for him this year. Now, granted, Ben didn't get sacked much last season, but that had more to do with him than anything else. Yeah, he's throwing you know, the ball in one second. Ball of, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, 1.9 seconds to get rid of football kept him upright. And sure. so I think he looks at this year as, as an opportunity for him to stay healthy for another year in this new system. If they can get that run game back in order, I, I really I can't imagine Roethlisberger views this as anything but a positive for him. Um, it's a lot, you know, it, it goes well beyond the fact that it's just good, good press for him. Um, but yeah, I think he, he looks at this more as a year, you know, looking back to like 2017, 2016, when Le'Veon Bell was, was playing well, he didn't have to throw for 325 yards a game or throw the ball 55 times a game. Um, yeah, I, I think he, he looks at this as a, a really nice way to to maybe put an end to a Hall of Fame career without having to to just just throw it and throw it and throw it. Yeah, I I, I absolutely believe that. I yeah. think that Matt Canada, you know, when when Ben Roethlisberger first came out, and I think it was maybe Ed Bouchard or one of the one of the local guys had said that they had heard that Ben Roethlisberger wanted to sit down with the the front office and get a feel for what they were planning to do should he choose to take a pay cut. You know, his his plan was, I want to see what the team has in mind, then I'll decide what I want to do. And I'm sure he, he talked to the coaches and talked to the front office folks, and they said, look, we're going we're gonna to run the ball more, we're going to draft a running back, we're going to fix the offensive line, um, and, and, and that has to be exciting for an aging quarterback. I mean, it has to be exciting for a guy that, whether or not his elbow limited his arm strength last year, he doesn't want to throw the ball that much again this year. There's no way he yeah. wants to do that. No. You know, there, there's no way he wants that. He, I think he, at this point in his career, he would much rather win, you know, 21-7 than 42-35. I mean, he just doesn't want to play those games anymore at this point. And so I think, I think the team has a really good chance to be competitive that way. But he has to be looking across the football at his defense and going, okay, guys, um, if I, if we give you a run game and we don't keep running you guys back out on the field, are you going to do your part too? Yeah, I agree 100%. And another piece, and I I don't want Steelers fans to jump down my throat on social media after I say this, but <laughs> uh, it almost feels like Big Ben kind of knows that he's kind of ushering in the next era here. It's it's it, I don't want to call it a bridge year. That's That was the term I was afraid to use, Kurt, but it almost mm-hmm. kind of feels like that. Like It's kind of like an ushering in of the next era that – yeah, I agree with you. I don't think the Steelers are going to be out there competing for a Super Bowl next year, but I think they're going to be competitive. And I think Big Ben's kind of helping that thing. He's not going to let the Steelers kind of plummet. He's going to try to keep them afloat as they figure out what the next option is at quarterback because we all know that you know Big Ben's not long for the league anymore. And yeah. I do feel like it's it almost feels like a bridge year almost. And I, and I don't think he wants to have to go through um, what Eli Manning went through. Sure. You know, yeah. I don't think he wants to have the, the Steelers draft a quarterback high and then it immediately turn into a controversy, you know, because that's what happened to Eli Manning. As soon as the Giants drafted Daniel Jones, it was a it was a controversy. Yes. I don't think he wants to be like by Philip Rivers and end up having to finish his career in the, in another city 
you know, it's just a throwaway year. I mean, that you know, I'm glad Philip Rivers went to Indianapolis and, and did some things for him, but I don't think he wants to end his career that way either. I think he looks at those two guys. You know, those three players' careers will forever be linked because of the draft. And I think he, he evaluated what he saw, how Eli's career ended and how Philip Rivers' career ended and said, I'm not going to be either of those guys. I'm not I'm going to outlast all of them. And I'm going to go out on my terms and I'm going to go out with the team that wanted me. I mean, because I've, I've always contended that Ben Roethlisberger has played his entire career with a chip on his shoulder because of how the top of that draft went. I think the fact that it was all about Eli and Philip Rivers or Philip Rivers or Eli, who's going to go first. And I think he has always played his career with the thought that I'm going to be better. I want to be better than both of them. If I am nothing else, I'm, my career is going to be better than them. And I think, how he finishes it is is just a reflection of that. I think he wants to finish his career in a better way than either of those guys did because they both ended their careers pretty unceremoniously. I mean, Manning's was far worse than Rivers, I think, if, in the big picture of it. But I, I think that this is very calculated by Roethlisberger. I think he's very smart to do it this way. Um, you know, every every place he, you know, every time the, they play a home game next year, it's going to be special for him and that last home game and you know, and whatever happens. But we've, Steelers fans, we've had to live through, you know, watching some of the, our, the best players in franchise history, and every team does this, you know, play for other teams at the end of their career, you know, and, and that's that's hard to that's hard to stomach. And I don't think Roethlisberger wanted to be that guy either. So I'm, I'm happy he's doing it this way. So great insight right there. And the next piece I want to get Kurt's take on is the franchise tag. Now we we're just hours after the tag deadline as we're recording here on Tuesday night. The Steelers opt not to place the franchise tag on anyone. What does that mean? I'll get Kurt's take on that coming up next. All right, Kurt. So the franchise tag deadline comes and goes. The Steelers opting not to place the tag on any players. And I think the one the one name I was watching was Bud Dupree. Uh, I was I was interested to see if the uh, if the Steelers would go that route. Obviously. They did not. So Dupree, uh, yep. will, you know, he's going to test the market along with, you know, the rest of the Steelers free agents. And, and this is where this is where we're at. I, the franchise tag this year was really interesting, right? I mean, some teams have used it. Leonard Williams from the Giants got tagged today. Yeah. Chris Godwin from the Bucks. The Broncos were, were so excited to announce that Justin Simmons was their tag that they announced it on like Friday, <laughs> whereas everybody else waited till today. <laughs> Allen Robinson yeah. got tagged by the Bears. So teams used it, but it wasn't like every team was using the franchise tag. It's not like no. the Steelers are an outlier, uh, but they decide not to use it. They decide not to tag Bud Dupree. What was your reaction to uh, that decision? That didn't surprise me. After having tagged tagged him the year before, I yep. didn't expect to see him yep. use the tag again. They 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 learned their lesson on that with Le'Veon Bell, I think. Um, you know, if you can't work out a deal in the first year, I'm not sure you can work out a deal in the second year. And I don't think the the ownership wanted him to be a you know, I think his his cap number because last year he was one of the ones that uh, had come to an agreement where his salary cap, his franchise tag um, amount was going to be um, based on an average between linebacker and, and defensive end, so it was a little higher. I think he was going to be close to 15 million for this year because um, you have to do that 120 percent. Yes. Um, I don't I don't think the Steelers wanted to rent him for 15 million dollars for one season. I think they feel confident enough in their defense. I think Alex Highsmith showed enough last year that they didn't feel like a $15, $15 million one-year investment in Dupree 
was going to be the best use of that much money. I don't think they felt like um, if he could have repeated the success he had um, in 2020 all the way through a 2021 season, he was going to price himself out of the market anyway because there's no way they were going to sign him over T.J. Watt, and there was no way they could sign both of them to that level of contract anyway. So I, I didn't I didn't expect there to be any action on the franchise tag. Um, I think, like I said, I think the Steelers are going to play it pretty close to the vest this year, trying to find some value. Um, I know several people tried to try to think about maybe you know Juju Smith Schuster as a as an option for the mm-hmm. franchise tag. Sure. Um, I just I don't see him. I don't see him on the free agent market commanding that kind of money necessarily. I don't think he's a, you know, I, I, I'm not saying he's not a number one receiver. I think he is, but I think his style of play doesn't lend itself to that top tier kind of money. More in that slot um, receiver kind of range, maybe on the high yeah, end. Yeah. 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 There, there, there are players. I mean, he's going to make good money in free agency, but I don't think that he has, He's not a you know a DeAndre Hopkins kind of talent or, or something like that that where he's going to line up outside and command double teams on every play and I think that's what Steelers fans kind of the, the point that they miss with with Juju Smith Schuster um, he's a good player don't get me wrong but he is he is not the guy that draws constant double teams that defenses have to adjust for. His, his statistics sometimes kind of fool you into thinking he is a number one receiver. But I, I don't think that necessarily the league views him that way in terms of his talent. He's a great player. I hate the fact that it, more than likely he's not going to be back with the Steelers next year. Um, but I think they have their future at wide receiver in place. I think they have uh, at least one guy in Chase Claypool who can command double teams and who will kind of dictate coverage. Um, I don't know that Deontay Johnson's that guy, but I think Chase Claypool is. And I think that's why the Steelers felt confident not giving him a, 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 you know, any consideration for the, the franchise tag. As far as Dupree goes, again, I was kind of wrong about him. First couple of years into the league, I was, I was kind of not very sold on him. I didn't think he could ever um, be as good a football player as he was athlete. But he, the last two years, he's kind of proven me wrong, and I, I hope he does well. There are a lot of teams out there with a lot of money looking to pay the edge rushers, so he'll uh, he'll get his payday, I'm sure. It just didn't get to be in Pittsburgh. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, at that wide receiver position, you're right. That's not a position of need for the Steelers, even if Juju walks. And maybe your guy, James Washington, could finally get on the field. Uh, or you can stop pounding your desk on it. that thing. Yeah, I know. You've been campaigning. Let's, let's go for it. Your guy, James Washington. Uh, so... Uh, you know, another player that you wrote about on Steelers Wire and I think is an interesting name. We touched upon him last week. We didn't really dig too much into Mike Hilton's situation. This is an interesting story, right? He was an undrafted guy. Uh, he was on my Patriots for a while. Good job, Belichick, letting Hilton go because he turned out to be a player. The Steelers are, you wrote about as well, about how they're not in cap hell, even though they're, they might be technically over the cap right now. With the Steelers, if they're making these like little moves and just kind of, you know, making smart little pickups here and there. I trust the Steelers more than I trust any other team. I just think they really get it right when they're evaluating mm-hmm. talent. And Hilton's a guy they just hit a home run with. Obviously, he's probably going to move on as well and, you know, probably get paid pretty well. Um, yeah. But I guess the question is, with a guy, you know, another kind of fan favorite kind of player, a guy that you just, you, you got to love because of his story. Yeah. It's tough to see him move on, and now it, it leaves you with that kind of question: like, what's next? What are they going to do? Right? Like, what's their plan? And, and, and that's the scary part: is you know, we we've got these guys, 
Um, if you look at the Steelers secondary, you've got Joe Hayden signed as a free agent. Steven Nelson signed as a free agent. Mike Hilton signed as a free agent. Pittsburgh signs really good cornerbacks. They don't draft really good cornerbacks. Sure, and so, good point. Good point. You know, and, and, and that's the thing is that a lot of people are saying, well, if Mike Hilton leaves, um, the Steelers need to target a cornerback. I don't have any interest in allowing Kevin Colbert to draft a first-round cornerback because last time he did it, it was Artie Burns, and Artie Burns was terrible. He was he was terrible from day one. He he couldn't you know anytime a first-round draft pick is a healthy scratch in his second season, I, you know you know there's problems, Not and good. so I, I would love to see Pittsburgh you know dig around on the free agent market and and maybe find a guy that that fits that role as a slot corner, the, the small guy, more physical, you know, when, when they brought Mike Hilton in, he wasn't even supposed to be the, the best core, you know, the best young cornerback on the team from Ole Miss. The Steelers had committed a draft pick to Sinquiz Golson and three years in a row, he had season ending injuries in the first day of putting helmets on in training camp. So, I mean, you know, he was supposed to be our Ole Miss quarterback. Hilton, his teammate from college comes in wins a spot in the roster, immediately becomes the, the starting nickel and never looks back. And so it's it's just amazing when you find a guy that fits the scheme. And I think for cornerback, that's the biggest that's one of the biggest things. You can be a really good cornerback. I think Artie Burns could have been a good cornerback on the right team coming out of college. But he just wasn't a good fit for the scheme. I think Mike Hilton was perfect. You know, if he's gonna go somewhere and I hope whoever signs him recognizes what his role is coverage you know just being a coverage cornerback isn't where he excels he's an incredible run defender for a guy his size he's a great blitzer um he's got a really good nose for the football he forces turnovers he he breaks up passes you know some team's going to get a real bargain with him if they can they can put him in the right scheme what the Steelers do next I don't know you know, they, they've got Cameron Sutton, who they like, and they did draft, um, but he's a free agent, too. Mm-hmm. And so he's had he's done really well filling in as an injury replacement the last two years for guys like Joe Hayden and Steven Nelson. I, I want to think that the Steelers are going to sign him, but there's going to be a market for him. I think there's a team that feels like I think there are probably teams out there who feel like he can start. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure if, if Pittsburgh's going to want to want to you know, get into a bidding war for Cameron Sutton. I think they pretty much have to because if they don't sign Hilton and they don't sign Cameron Sutton, then they're immediately looking for a, a slot quarterback. You know, they, they have to find a guy because Justin Lane, who's the next guy up is definitely a boundary corner. He's, he can't play inside very well. Um, so yeah, that can really complicate things. I know we talk about draft needs and, and I've, I've been kind of adjusting my draft needs and, and, you know, I've tried to reconsider how important I feel like drafting an offensive tackle is at this point. And, and I'm starting to wonder if, if, you know, the Steelers don't need to fill some of these needs in the draft so they can look for one of these quarterbacks. You know, LaMarcus Joyner was just released from the Raiders. If he's a guy that maybe could, could come to Pittsburgh and, and have some success. Um, but, yeah, losing Hilton's tough. I, I don't like that one either. I, I said there's 18 unrestricted free agents Pittsburgh has this offseason. I don't expect him to bring back more than seven or eight of them, yeah. to be honest with you. And half that list is painful. Tough. Half the list is that's painful. Yeah. They're all painful exits. <laughs> yeah, mo- and most of the seven that are staying aren't going to really be contributors anyway. They're depth guys. They're going to come on the cheap. 
Um, like Marcus Allen? So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, Marcus Allen's a, a, a restricted free agent. But, yeah, I mean, Marcus Allen, you know, he is what he is. He's. I, I appreciate the fact that he made the position switch this, this offseason, came in and played a little linebacker. Um, he's a good special teamer. I mean, I, I think that that's one of the things that's going to keep him on the Steelers roster for a while. I, I don't look for him to ever be a, a serious contributor on defense, but I'm okay with him. He's kind of a kind of a special teams ace, you know, doesn't make mistakes in coverage. So I'm okay with that one. But you look at the unrestricted guys, there's just a long list of them. I hope they can bring Zach Banner back. I mean, you know, are they going to be able to sign? If they can sign him, I feel better. They're probably not going to be able to sign Matt Filer, um, who's a, who's a really good starting um, kind of swing lineman. He can play guard. He can play tackle. Yeah. But free agency, they're going to they're gonna have to just kind of let a lot of those guys leave because the, the money just isn't there for them. There's a lot to sort out here, Kurt. We'll probably have some answers next week because when we're talking next week, we'll be in that tampering thing that they created yeah. just so Rappaport and, uh, and Schefter can break all the news before Wednesday. <laughs> so that's, that's literally what we'll be doing. So we'll, we'll, I guarantee the Steelers are going to be making a lot of little moves and guys are going to be exiting. They're going to yeah. be bringing guys in. It's going to be interesting. We're going to be we're going to be busy, and that's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it will. Yeah, it's going to be perfect. So for Kurt, very good stuff as always. I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you all next week. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.